Okay, teachers, listen up. How would you like to share a free mini course with your students that answers the question, where is God in 2020 and how is he working in the midst of COVID-19? The epic mini course, Back to School in 2020, will help you start meaningful conversations about how God is working through the pandemic and how we can make sense of it all from a biblical perspective. To access your free mini course, just email our manager of school engagement, Tyler Young, at tyyoung at epic2.com. That's T-Y-Y-O-U-N-G at epic2.com and request the Back to School in 2020 mini course. Hi, you're listening to the Classroom and Culture Podcast from Epic Media Partners, where we go deep on all things faith, culture, creativity, tech, and innovation as they relate to education and learning. Please see the show notes for additional info and details discussed in today's podcast. Hey, hey, Monroe here. So today we have the first in a series coming up, and it's a back-to-school two-parter. Joining us for this episode is a guest that we've had on the show before, and we are really excited to have her back. Jackie Matthews is a professional development coach for schools and school districts who combines her award-winning educator experience with her Fortune 100 corporate training background. She's an author, professional speaker, and teacher trainer committed to helping schools become highly successful using positive, effective classroom management, student engagement, gifted ed, and family engagement strategies. She works with individual schools and entire school districts to teach research-based, powerful, proven, and effective strategies. Jackie's mission is simple and effective, equipping teachers and engaging students. So as we head back to school amid all the uncertainty, there's no one we'd rather be talking to for wisdom and insight on how best to navigate these rough waters than Jackie Matthews. You can visit Jackie and access her blog and also contact her at Jackie-Matthews.com or email her at info at Jackie-Matthews.com. You can also check out Jackie's latest book for teachers and school leaders entitled The Power of the Positive Teacher, which is especially relevant during this time. Um, And it's unique in that it deals with nurturing teachers and offers things like practical tips for how to prevent burnout and achieve a healthy and happy work-life balance, discovering the power of no, uh, finding resources to reduce your stress and receive the emotional support you deserve, And everything in between from self-care to positive mindset to high expectations. And you can find that book on Amazon. Lastly, you can hear Jackie on the podcast she hosts entitled The Positive Teacher, which can be found wherever you get your podcasts. So now, without further ado, let's welcome our guest, Jackie Matthews. So, uh, Monroe, you want to take it away? Uh, she has it in the pod plan. Let's talk some music. Yeah, and Jackie, I know you know the drill here. Uh, we've asked you this question before, but it's always kind of nice to go, you know, you know, our tastes change, or you might get into an artist that people need to be made aware of or whatever. Um, so here goes. So what's that playlist or artist that you're listening to now um, as you're on your journey here? I listen to this woman 
probably met her about 15 years ago, Alicia Williamson Garcia. Okay. And she led worship for us at a precepts ministry teaching time in Chattanooga. Um, and this gal's got pipes like Whitney Houston. And wow. she's got a heart for the Lord. So it's Alicia Williamson Garcia. She's not very well known, but I bought one of her CDs when I was there. Um, brought it home and I've just started listening to it. And um, she has one in Christ alone, which awesome, yeah. which is gorgeous. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He's my light, my strength, my song. Here in the love of Christ, I stand. And that one has just been resonating day and night, you know, especially the news in Texas and the news all over. Seems to be getting worse, not better. But here in the love of Christ, I stand. Wow, that's great. Okay, so now I'm sure that she would really appreciate you given this plug, right? Um, is there a way, do you know if there's any place that I can direct our listeners so I can put something in the show notes maybe um, so we could find her? Absolutely. Um, I got her album. In fact, I just ordered her CD for a friend of mine that was just diagnosed with um, pancreatic cancer. But she's on um, you know, Amazon Music. And the, the one that I bought, she's done several albums, but this one is called Fill the House, Fill This House. Okay. I tell you what, if you're having a bad day, put on her music because her love of Christ just resonates through her music. Okay, love it. We will look for her. Thank you so much for that. Now, that's really cool. I'm, maybe, uh, Mike, we're coming on to a new thing here where we can be discovering new artists, right? That's awesome. Oh, well, that's that's your job, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for you to have a breakout, man. Hey, I'm, all right. I'm going to go. I'm going to check it out. I sent, I sent you one of my former students last week, Monroe, who uh, has broken out on his own. I don't know if he's there yet, but hopefully he will be, and I hope you find him. I love it. Thank you. Between that and uh, Jackie's billion-dollar idea, we can have <laughs> Epic up and running as a global company and uh, help every Christian school we want to. Or uh, so. But Jackie, it's so good to have you back on. And Monroe and I fell in love with you and your uh, intellect and your background with uh, the Empowered Classroom and the Power of the Positive Classroom and, and your work there. And I'm excited to be able to work with you to help some schools next month. And um, just uh, it, it seemed that there was a lot on your heart about helping our school leaders and then their teachers and then eventually their, their students um, through this pandemic time and an unprecedented school reopening or not reopening, going from remote, just all of the uncertainty causes such awkwardness uh, for everybody and uh, some possibly some paranoia. And, and I'm not a psychologist. I did stay at a Holiday Inn once, but, um, you know, there's a lot to that. And so, You've been getting training, you've studied this uh, up and down, and you've written about it, and I think you have a lot to share, and we talked through a little bit about five uh, precepts that uh, principles that Christian school leaders can take to heart as they prepare now in this, what we call, I was told the people at Epic, this is a sprint to the start of school, these three or four weeks that they have, and so let's start with those principles. Yeah, great. Um, I think the first thing I'd like to say is to all the school leaders, um, you are in my prayers around the clock. Um, you are in an outrageously difficult position. And I think the first thing we need to do is recognize that. Um, I'm on the foundation board here in our community for our school system. And, you know, we met with the principal or our superintendent three weeks ago. And he said, OK, you know, we're all going back to school. Here's what it's going to look like. 
And then two days ago, we got information saying, no, we're not. We're not going to go back to school until September 27th. And then two hours later, got another email saying, wait a minute, that was premature. And then by the end of the day, got another email. Yes, we are. It's going to be virtual until and, and you know, then is it going to be just elementary? Is it, so the, the confusion out there is insane. And I keep coming back over and over again because people said like, well, gosh, Jackie, what are you advising? It's like, I don't know. You know, I'm just going to be real honest with you. I have no idea what to do. But I've been spending a lot of time in prayer and research. And the thing that the Lord keeps pressing on my heart is eyes up here. Eyes up here. The experts, whether it's science, medicine, you know, the political experts, the education experts, brilliant people are on all sides of the issue. You can get 10 people saying we got to do this and 10 people saying we got to do that, right? And so you're, you're left in the middle going, well, you know, what am I supposed to do? And so the number one thing I'd like to say is um, all hands on deck and all eyes on, on God, that he's saying eyes on me. I'm the only one that has the answer. And John and I were um, at the airport on Sunday coming back from uh, Oregon and we were at the airport in Phoenix. Jam-packed, tons of people, you know, older people, families, little kids, everybody was wearing masks. I'm very happy to see that. Um, and it reminded me, and I was thinking about this eyes on me thing, because as elementary teachers, we would always say, okay, mouth closed, eyes on me, right? That's it, we walk to a certain place in our classroom and when we're standing there and we say, mouth closed, eyes on me, and all of a sudden I'm looking at thousands of people with masks, I'm thinking like, oh my goodness, close your mouth, you know, mouths closed, eyes on me. And I believe that's, that's where we are at this moment in history. And the only people that will understand that are people who love the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you do, you understand that concept, eyes on me. And so my number one precept, and, and this, is what I, um, this is what I believe with all my heart, is as a leader, your teachers, and if I was in your, on your campus, what I need you to do most importantly is I need you to be a prayer warrior. Okay, I, I deal with um, schools a lot, and one of the things I always ask them, the principals and the school leadership team, is how's your prayer life on your campus? And they will always passionately talk about um, their moms in touch group or we've got this group praying we've got that group praying and I'll always kind of say how's your prayer life right for your own heart and for your school for your team and so my first and this this comes out of a lot of prayer and research is that we've got to be praying like Hezekiah did um, that was in my scripture yesterday morning when the Assyrians were surrounding uh, Jerusalem 180,000 very well-equipped soldiers. And the king of Assyria is going, we're, gonna, we're coming for you guys like we've come for everybody else. Okay, it's a no-win situation. If God doesn't show up, we're toast. And I love what Hezekiah did. He took the letter, the threatening letters, like we're gonna destroy you. And he took that into the temple and he laid it on the ground in the temple and got on his knees and he prayed, Father, here, here's what they're telling us. We are hopeless without you. This isn't going to work. But if you show up, you alone can do this. And apart from you, this is not going to get done. And that's what we need. And so that's why, you know, we said, what should we start with, the teacher or the, or the school leadership team? 
this isn't a time to delegate prayer to your, your prayer teams. Yes, you want them praying. Yes, you want your parents. You want your schools. You want everybody. But we need you to be prayer warriors for us and for our school. Like we're going to be prayer warriors for you. So that would be the absolute first thing I would say. First, last, and always. Um, and if you're feeling, and I would imagine a lot of your school leaders would be feeling, this is how I'd be feeling right now. I'm losing sleep. I'm, I've got a stomach ache. I'm trying to figure out, I've, I've probably made two or three plans in the last three months for how I'm gonna do this. And then they all got blown up. And then we created another plan and that got blown up. We created another plan and that got blown up. Maybe you've lost a lot of kids um, in your school and so you're, work, you're gonna, how are we gonna pay for these guys? Um, maybe you've lost some key teachers um, and you think, gosh, you know, they were my go-to calculus teacher. What am I gonna do? Let's remember, our faith is not in the donors. Our faith is not in our teachers. As wonderful as they are, our faith is in God. And so one of the things that I really think about is um, God delights in doing the impossible. So if right now, school leader, you're feeling like this is impossible, the numbers are not looking good. I'm not even sure we can pay our teachers. I'd like to share one brief story with you, if I may. Yeah, um, I read th this story as you were planning, and I uh, was just uh, so gratified by it. And I was like, man, yeah, I mean, if we're here in the States with the resources that we have, and uh, we look at this story, we will be grateful. Yeah, yeah. So this, this um, my students and I were given the privilege by God to build a school in Kenya. It's a K-8 school. Um, we had no money, right? Little kids don't have money. Their families don't have money. I, I taught in a school where 30% were um, free or reduced lunch. Um, and then everybody else is kind of doing the best they can. So God did it. God built the school. It's now 15 years later. And they've had famine come to their community. They've had um, their, their number one employer has gone out of business. So they're um, even though they were doing great for these 15 years, suddenly 50% of their kids are gone. There's famine in the community, which means their food prices have doubled. Okay, and this is a community 90 miles outside of Kenya where people live on one or two dollars a day. They're, they're part of that community. Okay, so you double their food prices and it's I eat or my kids eat. It's, it's that close to the bone. So it's, it's outside of Nairobi and yeah. uh, what's the name of the school? Um, Agape Life Center Academy in Eldoret, okay. Kenya. And the school you were at with the school children that helped start it, what was what was the name of that school? Life Christian Academy in Tacoma, Washington. Okay, all right. Great, Great. school. Love those people there. Um, so I get an email from Pastor Melton. You know, and we've been in, we've been doing things with him for fifteen years, and he said um, I happen to be in like coming home from Oregon. And we were in the car and the, and the email was, please pray for us. We're about to have a meeting with our teachers and our families. Um, we have to close the school. And I'm like, just heart, heartbroken, right? So we get someplace where we've got internet connection and I'm calling him saying, you know, what's going on? And because of all this, and I kind of knew all this was, you know, it was bad, but he wasn't sharing how bad it was. And he said, I've, I've called a meeting tomorrow night and um, we haven't been able to pay our teachers in two months. Um, and they only make $90 a month, okay? So mm. they're not eating, okay? It's not like, gee, it's kind of rough. They're not eating. Um, we got to close the school because I, I, there's no options. And so I said, could we pray for a, at least 24 hours and see, you know, maybe, like, let's check in with God, make sure. And so he goes, okay, well, you know, so he postponed the meeting. John and I went into a time of prayer. All the people who had been involved with the school, you know, families and everything, we went into a time of prayer. 
he in Kenya was walking around the school property saying, Father, what is your will? Claiming the promises of God and just, you know, we're like this, you know. I mean, John and I can't afford to save the school by ourselves. I mean, it's just, this is, this is a bridge too far. Um, got back to you there 24 hours later. He said, yeah, I've got a green light. This is not God's will for the school to close. And we said, yeah, we feel the exact same way. So laid it before the Lord like Hezekiah did. Um, long story short, um, people donated. We were able to get the teachers back, you know, paid what they needed. Okay, so that they could pay their rent, so that they could feed their children. August, the school opens. It's half, half, um, still half the That's enrollment. Um, in September, a school in Nairobi had a wall fall down, mm. um, killing students and teachers. Terrible tragedy. So the, the government of Kenya said, okay, um, we need to inspect all of the schools in our entire nation. And if you're not up to standards, we're gonna have to close the door and you have to fix it or we'll just shut you forever. So our school, thankfully, thank you, Lord, uh, was approved and there were some things they had to do, but really, really minor things that they could come in and fix overnight and it was fine. Um, but all of a sudden, one day in October, the teachers and the principal show up to start their school day about 7.30 and there's over 300 kids and their families uh, standing in front of the school. I mean, not, not their students, other people. New students. Yeah. And so Rachel, who is Pastor Milton's, who we've been working for and we're working with, and, and Rachel is his wife, has been the principal. And so she's calling her husband going, honey, you got to come see this. And come to find out several area Christian schools have been closed because of structural problems. And all of these families literally showed up one day saying, can you educate our kids? And so all of a sudden we went from half enrollment to two and a half times enrollment. It was, and they, thankfully they brought their teachers with them and thankfully they brought their tuition payments with them. But now the school is busting. They had to do morning sessions and afternoon sessions like they did in Katrina, after Katrina, just to keep just, all the kids, you know, in school and going. But I mean, if, if the Lord hadn't answered our prayer and if he hadn't shown up, there would have been no Christian school in this entire area. So we don't know what God will do. And so school leader, if you're at the end of yourself, I want to encourage you to just lay it before the Lord and saying, you know, we're toast without you. Okay. God is not expecting you to have all the answers, school leaders. He's, he's asking you to trust him. He's got the answers. And so that would be the first thing that I would like to say. Putting my consultant hat on, uh, I have seen this in the schools I'm talking to uh, where they're fearful of enrollment, fearful of enrollment, fearful of enrollment, and then something happened like they did remote delivery of instruction really well, and the area schools near them did not, and now they're, you know, have 30, 40 newer, new students. And the, the fear that they had of losing students actually changed into the blessing of having more students. There's a school in South Florida that I'm working with that they were at the they had the blessing of full capacity and they can't go any further because the local um, township won't let them expand uh, beyond. And, but other Christian schools around them are closing um, or churches aren't supporting them anymore. 
And so they had part of their strategic plan for about a year to try to develop an online school. And uh, now with so many people more readily accepting online schooling, they're like the time to go is now. And uh, so they feel like they're going to be able to serve many more students with a biblical worldview. So there are these opportunities there, um, but it's it's hard for a leader to see through the clouds and the dust and the debris of what we're going through to come up with innovative ideas and and uh, to come up with guidance. And that's why I, th- I feel like people um, are relying on people like me and you, Jackie, to help uh, guide them and people like Epic, the, the group that we Monroe and I work with to help them with some solutions because, uh, you know, we need a, a multitude of counselors going through this. Let's continue through your principles, though. That's fantastic. Well, and I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, you know, like I said, he's, God's not expecting that school leader to have all the answers. And I've seen so many times in my own life and, and before I ever go to a school or I do I do retreats for women's too or I do some training and different things, it's all through prayer, like, Father, what do you want these people to know? What's going on? And I've had so many principles, and and I give all the glory to God, say, how did you know that that was an issue we're dealing with? It's like, I didn't know. God knew. And God will bring those people alongside with that solution, that answer, that idea, right? And so if he puts a calling on your life, he'll give you whatever you need. You need that person with that skill set, that person from calculus that was just taught with you for 25 years as one of my friends, and she's now going someplace else. And they're like, oh my goodness, you know, calculus was one of our big things. What are we going to do? It's like, well, the Lord knew that he'll provide, but yeah, I'm with you. And so I guess my second point um, is that make sure your team is ready to serve spiritually and emotionally. Okay. You're our spiritual leader right? Um, if you're, and you know, NFL teams, the coaches know if my guys aren't in the right headspace, they're not going to play well, right? So as much conditioning as they're doing and they're practicing on the field, none of that matters if what's going on upstairs isn't in the right place. And us as Christians, if we know what we've got to be in the right place spiritually. So here are just some thoughts. Um, the first thing is we acknowledge to our team, nothing about this is easy, okay? But it's worth it. Nothing about this is easy. We're not going to sugarcoat the truth. This is the hardest thing we've ever done in our life, but we're going to do it together and we're going to do it because this is the call Jesus Christ has put on our lives. If any of us have ever been praying, even once, Father, use me. And that's sometimes that, that's just the prayer of my heart. Father, I just want to be used. You, you just show me what to do. I was praying that um, shortly before the first time you contacted me, by the way. Um, father used me and you contacted me and a church contacted me for some different things. It's like, okay, you know, answer to prayer. Um, so we're going to go through this together. We're going to acknowledge it and we're going to face it. And we're going to say thank you to our team for working really hard. Okay. Um, people will go to the mat for you if they feel appreciated. That doesn't cost any money. Um, in the corporate world, my, my former background, I was, um, an executive for many years. And we did, we hired a big consulting firm to come in and find out like what motivates our team. And it was a sales team. And so of course you think money, right? Um, They did this big study, six months, came back to us after surveying all the people. And the number one thing on their list is they wanted to feel appreciated and that if they had a good idea, they would be listened to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't cost a dime. Okay, invite your team into a time of prayer, invite your team into a time of prayer and fasting for for our school, for our families, for our children, for each other right now. 
I'd be doing that right now. I'd be saying, I think it was the governor of Louisiana just called for a day, uh, three days of fasting. And I thought, good for you. Good for you. Wow. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Isn't that awesome? I was like, yeah. Um, the first day back, you know, we always have our, our, our this is kind of how we're going to do our in-service before our kids show up. And, you know, I've been doing that for years. It was always the first day we do this and then we do this and then we do this. And, you know, we would always start with prayer and worship and, and that would be like an hour or two in the morning. And then we were off to, you know, here's a new guideline. Here's a new curriculum. Here's how you got to fill out this. Here's how you got, you know, and day and the teachers are going, I got to get in my classroom and get ready. Like, <laughs> I love you, but please. I, you know. I always fought that battle as a principal. I said, we got so much stuff. And the teachers are always like, we need team time in the classroom. And I always said, we're being all summer. We don't lock the doors of the school. You can come up and do that. But the, it's just, it never registered. And I finally got the message uh, that, that we needed time. And so we ended up doing half days of uh, training and half days in the classroom. Amen. Amen. And, you know, we need training. So I'm not I'm not belittling any of that at all. We absolutely need that. But it's just um, what I was going to say is since we're in a completely different ball game, it's, you know, worldwide pandemic. Numbers are getting worse. They're not getting better. Um, you know, what do they say about insanity doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome? OK, we need a radically different outcome. So what I would recommend is day one of your in-service is just about God and just about your team and making sure that they are mentally and spiritually ready to serve Christ, that they are filled up. You've given them time. You know, we're going to begin in worship. We're going to spend some time in prayer. We're going to spend some time. And maybe that's when you bring in your school counselor talking about how you are. How, how are you doing? How are you handling it? What's going on with your family? But before we like launch into, okay, setting up the school year, we got to make sure our team is mentally and spiritually ready to do about it. So I would, I would spend the first day in that and people go, oh, I don't have time for that. If you don't have time for God, okay, you need to reevaluate, right? Because, you know, we're not going to do anything in our own strength, right? Filthy rags, right? It's got to be God's way, God's strength. You will accomplish so much with your team, if you spend that first day with him, okay? Um, mm-hmm. we, want, we need to give our team time to grieve what they've lost. Okay, some have lost family members, some have lost jobs. Uh, we had, I've had three deaths on my street. The gal oh right across the, the street, her sister, down the way, we had two memorial services one week and then the next week, just on my little cul-de-sac. Um, grieving the loss of, you know, like, being with our students. I mean, teachers are really grieving that time that they've missed with their kids or being able to say goodbye to them or the kids who've just kind of fallen off the screen and we don't even know what happened to them. There's a lot of those. So giving them time to do that. Again, you know, you bring your counselors in and, and, and that's on them, but you let your team know you're extremely important to us. Um, the only way this school works is if we're all a team and we're all in this together and so that we've all got to get there. Um, sharing the vision. Um, we need you to be the light. Um, you're leading us into the light. You are leading us into the light. We are the answer to a desperate parent's prayer. So can I, can I stop you right there? And I want to really unpack that because it's critical. How do you as a leader... Um, portray some sense of certain 
certainty and confidence, certainly in the Lord, knowing that your plan tomorrow could be completely scrapped, as, as is the case with a lot of these school plans. How is it that we do that as leaders? Because it can be done, and, and the confidence that the faculty has in you as a school leader uh, can be separate from whether or not your plan is going to go through or not. But what's the attitude or what's the uh, walk that that principal, school leader, head of school has? Um, I think it's it's sharing because like we're all intelligent people. We all know that the story is changing every day. We all do. I was talking to a little gal. She's nannying for a friend, and she was just walking the baby yesterday. 16-year-old kid going into her senior year. And so we were talking about the uncertainty. And she said, you know, they're doing the best they can. You know, everything's changing by the day. You know, this is what we're thinking, but, you know, it may change between now and when September starts. So here's a young gal that gets it. So being very, very real with our families or with our, our team and just saying, I'm relying on God. This may change five more times between now and September. Your team gets that and respects that. And he, and you say, this is what I'm doing. We are praying and we're moving as God directs. And it may be that daily manna. And so here's what I need from you guys. I need you to be, you know, right there with me, absolutely flexible. Um, when I was teaching at, at Life Christian, I didn't know from year to year if I was going to get my job back. And I didn't know sometimes until like, a week before in-service. And I had to live with that uncertainty because it depended on our numbers because I was teaching gifted ed. And so, right, so first you gotta fill all your regular slots and make sure you're paying those teachers. And I would be, unfortunately, but it worked out, um, kind of the last one brought, brought on board. And I lived that way for nine years. Um, and I think God is giving us, you know, the book of James talks about if it is the Lord's will, we will be doing this and that if it is the Lord's will. And so just, you know, being honest with your team, you're watching the news, you're seeing what's going on. Um, and yes, this may change five times. And I, you know, and I'm with teachers and I'm hearing their frustration all the time. It's like, okay, I got all ramped up for this. And then my school mm -hmm. said, no, nope, we're not doing that. We're going to ramp up for this. Oh, we're not going to do that. But we're in an unprecedented worldwide crisis. So we're going to embrace flexibility. And we're just going to have to, we're just going to have to be this way because it's just the way it is. And and I, that's part of why I'd be praying for my people. And, you know, in any, in any school or any church or any, you know, corporate group, you know, we've got our high-flying team members. And you can think right now, if when you were teaching, who your best teacher, and like, they will find a way. Like, whatever mm -hmm. the obstacle is, they're going to find a way. They're very rarely sending their kids to you. They're handling their discipline issues. They're handling their stuff. You know, they only come in if it's something, you know, way over their pay grade, right? They just make it happen. And then we've got, you know, the bulk of our teachers who are great people doing a good job. They need a lot of, they need some training and direction, right? And, and as long as you give that training and direction, they're not going to go find it themselves. But if you give that to them, they're good. And then we have our cranky McCrankerstons. And every organization <laughs> has them, right? Love them. But, I mean, when I go to teachers training and I've got the whole faculty, I can tell you who are the cranky crankerstons and I can tell you who are my high flyers and who are the, the ones who are like, you know, I'm on board, just teach me and I'll do it. Um, and so I, I think as a, as a principal, I'm thinking about my high flyers and I'm going to be thinking about my, my team that's with me and I'm going to be praying that God moves in the heart of my cranky McCrankerstons. And some of them, let's be honest, God may move them out. 
He mm-hmm. may have them retire. He may have them move on to something else. And that means their season with me is over and their calling is changed. And that's perfect. And I would be real upfront. Um, I'm upfront when I do training with teachers and say, if you don't love this, if you don't know you've been called to this place at this moment in time, please leave. And I say that with all the love in my heart, you need to be someplace else because we're not putting pickles in a jar. Okay, you're going to impact a child's life forever. Hopefully in a positive way. That's what we're trying, right? Their eternity. Okay, and it's amazing how people will kind of stop and go, gosh, that's, that's right. I mean, I've been called by God for such a time as this. And it's like, you know what? My attitude stinks. I need to change that. Um, so I would just be very honest with people and say, you know, we are walking this out with the Lord together and together we will see his glory. Together we're gonna to see his fingerprints on all this stuff. And together we'll pray and together we'll, we'll find out. My daddy used to tell me, he was a phenomenal teacher when he passed away, um, people came to his funeral that had been in his class 30 and 40 years ago and they asked wow. to speak. Okay, this guy was an influencer for life. And I remember my dad telling us as little girls, he goes, you know, I might make a mistake sometimes. I might have the wrong answer. He said, I've lived a lot longer than you have on planet Earth. I'm doing the best I can. Um, and so trust me on this. And, and that, you would think like, oh, you shouldn't tell that to you. Because that made me respect my father even more because he was being real with me. Okay? So principals, don't worry about being real with your team. And just like, you know, we're all walking this out together. And I think that can form a closeness and a respect you're mentoring, you're living it. You're not just saying, you're not just sitting in your ivory tower and go, okay, you guys go find a way, make it work. You go, I'm right in there with you. Together, we're going to make this work. Um, and you, I think well, that be amazing. vulnerability is really important. And also, you have a mandate for change. So a lot of principals and, and heads of schools know that there are things about the school that need to change and never before have you been given on a silver platter uh, the opportunity to change like now because people are used to pivoting and changing plans very quickly and so you can do that now and, and schools that were technologically averse know they have to be changing toward the technology there's no getting around that and uh, basically what the school leaders have said that I've talked to they have said that things that would take three years to pivot at a reasonably innovative school now have been done in three months uh, just routinely. And that's, that's amazing for schools. So that wraps up part one of our back to school interview with Jackie Matthews. Make sure you catch the second half when we pick up right where we left off. And hey, don't forget about the Epic Friday Five. It's a short email list of things that we find interesting and or relevant during the week that we'd like to share with you guys. It's just our take on some good stuff that you guys can carry into the weekend. Just go to epic2.com, select contact, and subscribe. That's it. Also, we're working on our Q&A episode that we want to build around your questions. So if you'd like to hear Mike Zavada address and discuss topics that you are interested in, we'd love to hear from you. To submit, just call 833-GO-EPIC-2 and state your question there. 
And lastly, don't forget, Epic has everything your school or organization needs to be your complete remote learning solution. To request a demo and discuss how we can partner with you, please contact anyone from our school engagement team at epic2.com. That's epic2.com. Thanks. We'll see you next time. If you thought today's episode was enlightening, please pass the word. The Classroom and Culture Show can be heard on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Also, to become a regular listener and receive additional info, please subscribe on your favorite platform today. That's Classroom and Culture from Epic Media Partners. Thanks. Thanks.